Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays, and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves, and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Dibitri is the Marketing Director, Founder and CEO at Regex SEO, which helps companies get the most out of their marketing budgets. In the interview, Dimitri reflects on his eight-year-old journey as an entrepreneur. He challenges the notion that money should be the primary goal and urges entrepreneurs to measure their success by their impact on meaningful causes. Through personal anecdotes and philosophical insights, he presents an inspiring perspective on leadership. Hi, Dimitri. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Why don't you start by sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do? Of course. Yes, my name is Dimitri Kustov. I'm the founder of Regex SEO, and we are a full-service digital marketing agency. Our goal is to take any business out there from the level they're at to that next level that they are, they have as their goal. Wonderful. And before we get into that, can you share a bit of your backstory? How did you get into It's a marketing or entrepreneurship and what else before that? Uh, Sure, yes. So my actual education is in mathematics. I have a degree in applied mathematics and also linguistics, two two unrelated things. But anyway, I was originally I was looking for some kind of a developer role, developer job, because that's what we were taught. That's how we were taught to apply our mathematical skills. And the company in Houston was looking for HP developer. I got there, did the interview, and they told me, we don't really need PHP developer. We need somebody who un- understands some development, but also wants to do SEO. And they gave me 30 days to figure it out, or I'd be out. And within short six months, I was basically running their SEO department, mm. the marketing department. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've stumbled into it. Yes, indeed. I was more pushed into it, but I fell in love and I'm still in love today. Yeah, 
And can you share about that early experience, right? When you joined in as a developer and you were asked to do something or like you will be out and how did you deal with that? And how did you like push through that period? Was it difficult? Was it just smooth? Difficult, maybe sure, but I'm a believer in the philosophy. That's my life philosophy where mm -hmm. no matter what you do it to your best ability, if you mm -hmm. are a burger flipper in McDonald's, be the best burger flipper in the world. And by doing that, you will, you will get noticed, you will get promoted, you will move on to better things. And instead of complaining about, oh, I hate my job, oh, I hate doing this, I would rather do that. If you would rather do that, then go do that <laughs> and stop complaining. Yeah, I just learned a lot. I was studying. So I would come in like a couple of hours or so earlier before everybody else would come into the office and I would stay a few hours later and then at home I would watch videos and read articles and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a crazy few months. Like I think I got to a decent level maybe within uh -huh. three months or so. And after that, it's, there was the, I forgot the name of the curve, curve of ignorance or something like that, where you think you know so much and it's so good. And then you learn just a bit more and you realize you don't know anything. And so I got over that initial hump pretty quickly. And then after that, it's just steady rise up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just a lot of learning, a lot of watching videos and participating in forums and all of that stuff Yeah, to make sure that I do my mm -hmm. best. Yeah. And how did that, like doing your best or that drive led you to entrepreneurship? I worked for that company maybe for, let's see, three or so years. And the direction of the company, kind of how they wanted to do things, what type of clients they wanted to work with, I did not agree with that. And uh, I wanted to do something better, I mind. And I figured, hey, if that guy can do it, I can do it too. And <laughs> how difficult can it be? And oh, how wrong I was. But yeah, basically the, the, my choice was, do I go to work for another company or do I try to do it on my own? And again, I was thinking, how difficult can it be? Very. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to learn only to learn later. And yeah, I decided to go on my own. I met with another person who used to work in the same company. He was kind of like a salesperson. I talked to him. He started working with me as well in the beginning, very little for a short period of time. Then he dropped off and like after a few months. And yeah, that's how the whole uh, yeah. shebang started. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's quite common, right? A lot of entrepreneurs start by thinking that they can actually do better, earn more money by doing something on their own. But as you said, how difficult it can be, right? Often we are proven wrong. So can you share one of those tough choices that you had to make on that journey? There are plenty of tough choices. I don't think that's the most difficult part about entrepreneurship. Definitely, there's a lot of tough choices you have to make, especially as you grow. Firing people is still very tough. No matter how bad they perform, they're still people and you tend to become kind of friends in a sense and you like them and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. that's one of the toughest things still. But the lessons, I guess, are what I wasn't expecting when I started the journey. 
I mean, everything. Because I would say that I was pretty good at SEO specifically, because that's what I was doing SEO, doing all of the uh, anything related to, with SEO. But as a business owner, especially as a business owner, there is so many other things from sales to hiring, recruitment, to taxes, to marketing. It's like the business itself and so many things. If you're really good at one thing, it doesn't mean that you are good at everything else or that you will be good at everything else. Yeah, that's probably the biggest part. And <sighs> the definitely, especially when you start on your own without any kind of, I, still, I did not have any money. We have, we had, I got married just maybe six months before and we did not have, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred bucks in savings or something like that and just living paycheck to paycheck type of stuff. And I did not have any investment in the company or anything like this. So yeah, just had to grind it out and make sure that it happens. And the way, probably more than anything else, and just kind of like how I am, I have to prove to myself more than anything else that I can do certain things. And maybe that's a common trait of entrepreneurs that, that survive at least. It's not about really everybody else, not about what your parents think or... I don't know, friends, but it's more about, I will not be able to live with myself if I don't do my best. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And how has that panned out for you? So coming to the present moment, how do you think that journey has changed you or how have you grown through that journey? Ooh, there's so many changes. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's been, let's see. So 2015, it's 2023. We're going to be what celebrating eight years. Is that right? Man. Yeah. Eight years, just over eight years. If you don't learn things, if you don't learn anything new, something is wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, probably the biggest thing that I learned, let's say, is the importance of great team. And there's so many definitions by great, but basically finding the right person for the right role within the best right person for the role within the budget. And that's where I would say that's, I would say that's where you can make it or break it. If you find right people and you have to pay them as much as you can, especially in the beginning, it's going to be really tough. But if you find that right person that takes pain away instead of bringing you pain, mm -hmm. that's my criteria now for hiring. Okay. If I hire this person now. Will it cause me, will it bring me more pain? Will it bring me more troubles? Or it takes something away from my plate or somebody else's plate so that we can, that the I or whatever else, whoever else can concentrate on things that we actually are best at. So find people who are best, at least one thing, one of our company values is be, let's see, we value, we value mastery in something versus mediocrity in everything. So just find that one person that does at least one thing really good is that you can trust them 100% with it. And you don't have to think about it anymore. And then after that, they'll learn other things and whatever else. But yeah, because in the beginning I was thinking my, I guess, philosophy was just kind of, hey, figure it out. If you want to work, just figure it out. And if you don't want to figure it out, then go. And it's like one of those approaches, what you call it, like a 
I don't even know what to call it, but it's not a right approach, definitely. Um, and building team, right team, great team is the core of the business. Without wow. the team, business does not exist. Without the team, we can't produce great work. Without the team, clients will not stay. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for highlighting the importance of teamwork, right? Rather than just one individual leader or one hero driving the whole thing. Right. So come, when you come to the present moment, right, after this journey of eight years, can you share what are your plans for the future and what do you see as your biggest pain points right now? Uh, biggest pain points is still finding right people. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what we have been working on the most. We are at the size of the company and where we are in the journey where we're starting to think and actually actively work on optimizing the processes. Because I think, I believe at least, we have a lot of things already figured out in the sense that we know what we're doing and mostly how we're doing it. And at this point, it's how can we do, because we have great results. So how can we do the same thing more efficiently, quicker, so that we can, instead of with the same amount of people, instead of serving 10 clients, how can we serve 15 or 20 or whatever, many. Yeah. It's just get better. We, we're doing a bit of, we're trying to, not trying, we're planning on opening a secondary brand that is going to be not a pivot necessarily. Mm -hmm. We're going to be doing the same thing, but we're going to be applying to a specific industry, to a specific type of client. So same thing, but a bit more targeted mm -hmm. up until this point. We have been trying to find our, not necessarily niche, but sure, maybe like a niche. Because in the beginning, I've been working with anybody who would pay me. Mm -hmm. No matter how small, how big, e-commerce, service, whatever you are. If yeah. you want to pay me, and no matter what service. If you want me to do SEO, great. If you want me to do design, great. If you want me to do, I don't know, email setups for you, great. If you want me to do hosting, great. But yeah, the new secondary brand. Uh, Regex SEO still will stay in, in business and we're going to use it for current clients and stuff like that and for some other partnerships that we have. But the new brand will be a bit more niche, a bit more specific. And I've been doing quite a bit of soul searching recently. And I realized that is a privilege of its own. And trying to answer the question, why do uh -huh. we exist? Like, <laughs> why does our company exist why do we as people exist what's the mm -hmm. point of all of this yeah. and it's a bit philosophical it's a bit very much privileged definitely but at least this way trying to find the actual true purpose yeah yeah and can you share what has been the outcome of that reflection process uh sure oh man you're gonna go get philosophical <laughs> yeah okay so there oh man there's so many things that i can talk about but really what it comes down to is this. And I know it's very stereotypical, not stereotypical. What's the word? Kind of look down upon maybe to money is not everything. Uh -huh. And there are a lot of memes saying people who have money, they say money is not everything. And I'm not rich to any perspective, but I do I'm like middle class stuff. I'm not poor to any extent, but I'm not super rich in any kind of way either. And anyway, so 
money is not everything. And at the end of the day, if we're all going to die at some point anyway, if we're all going to die, you can't take money to your to be on the grave. Why do I exist? Why is there a need for regex? Why is there a need for the other brands? And what com comes down to me is two things. One is internal within the company because that's what we can control the most. And I am not just like a strong believer, but it's the truth that the only unrenewable resource is time, truly. You can't reinvent time. You can't make time out of thin air. So because we can control what happens in the company, our, our internal goal is to give time back as much time back to our people as we can. So we have one of probably greatest, I don't know if in the United States, definitely in the industry, one of the greatest time benefits that companies provide. I think we calculated recently and we have 64 days off a year. We provide mental recharge days. We provide obviously like sick days, vacations. We have in the United States, it's unheard of to have more than two weeks of vacation. We do four weeks. So things of that nature and flexible schedule. As long as the work gets done, I don't care when you work, where you work. We support nomading lifestyle and stuff like that. So my goal is to, because you can't make time out of nothing, go spend your time on what is the most important to you. And as long as the work gets done, that's the whole point. And we definitely work hard and work a lot. And that's in a sense how I repay people. We don't have a eight to five. You get at five, you leave it, get at eight, leave it five. Yeah. We don't do that. Yeah. Uh, if there's work, you work. But at the same time, whenever you feel burnt out, when I feel exhausted, it's okay to just say, hey, tomorrow I need a recharge day. I need, otherwise I'm going to be worthless and I'm going to die. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So that's for internal stuff. And then for external stuff, I have, before I actually get there, little tidbit for anybody listening, watching. And I, re I heard this kind of idea recently, somewhat recently, I forgot who said it. And so the idea is this, and played out in my life very impactfully. Let me ask you a question, like actually ask you a question. Are your parents still around? Yes. How, how often, how old are they? So 65. Okay, 65. How often do you see them on an annual basis? Or how often do you see them just in general? Yeah, so annual basis maybe yeah, five or six times. Okay, uh, five or six yeah. times, right? So 65 years old, let's say they like an average life for an average person, let's say 75, 80, let's say 75 mm -hmm, yeah. for easy calculation, hopefully more. So basically we have about 10 years with them. And when you think about it, when you say, hey, I have 10 more years with my parents, sounds great. But then when you think about it, it's like, I see them only five times a year. So instead of saying, I have 10 years, in fact, you have 50 more times. And that flips things so much because my yeah. parents, my family is back in Russia. And now with the whole war thing, that's even worse. But typically I would see them once a year. And I figured, hey, I still have 30, 40, whatever years with them. And I said, no, it's not. I only have 30 times. And that hit me very hard. 
And that's what I tell everybody in the company. Instead of counting the years, count the times. And that was very impactful for me. And then, like, my mom passed away very unexpectedly. So I was like, hey, you know what? I thought I had 30 more years or really 30 times, but in fact, yeah. I only had two. And anyway, so that's the whole time thing. So a bit mm. getting a bit philosophical there. And then, so that's for the internal stuff because I can control in terms of how much time we give yeah. people back. I can tell my clients like, hey, Mr. Client, Mrs. Client, you do the same for your people. It's not my business. However, the point there for the external stuff for me is... Uh, I somewhat, not somewhat, uh, three months ago, I had a kid born, my first kid. And then before that, there were other things happening. And I was thinking, what's the point in having money and doing, I don't know, having cars, expensive cars and great houses and whatever else, if the whole world thing, the whole pollution and from every kind of pollution to just how people are if my kid or my grandkids will have to basically walk around with oxygen tanks or, you know, like that in an animation movie, Wally, where it's just a bunch of yeah. trash everywhere. And just even in my time life, I noticed how different the weather is, especially in winter. I used to, when I was a kid, I, I, we had like feet and feet of snow. Now there's barely any. Uh, summers are crazy, getting crazy and crazier. So, so it's, it sounds like the earth is going to crap. And I want my kids to have great life, my grandkids to actually have a planet to live on. That's the general direction for this new brand that we are developing, where I want to leave the planet, the earth, yeah, better than it was when I came in. So if I can make an impact in any kind of way, instead of enriching the rich, instead of working with corporations that, again, just yeah. pay their CEOs $10 million yeah. a year or whatever. Let's work with companies that actually care about how the future is. And that's the idea. That's where we're going. We're still developing all of that. But yeah, those are the two reflections, the outcomes, as yeah. you said. Um, man, you got me all yeah. philosophical here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a gift to be able to articulate it so well and to see it like internally for your employees and then also to give it back 60 days. I think that's phenomenal. And just thinking about time like that, I think is, is a gift to your employees. And once again, what you said also for your customers, right? being able to choose or being able to work with an intention in mind right. makes everything you do and entrepreneurship includes a lot of difficult times or challenges. Understanding this makes that journey easier. I would say it makes a struggle meaningful. And that allows you to persevere. That allows you to not give up or to have joy even in the, even in not the, not the best of times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, what is the reason? What is the outcome mm. that you want? Because it's not it didn't happen overnight. It took me yeah. years to think through it and talk about it internally and whatever else. But the idea is you listen to all of those, not famous YouTubers, but YouTube, famous, famous-ish people in the YouTube world for business and all that stuff. And you listen to them and say, all about money. Oh, make more money, make more money. And oh, you reached million, reached 10 million and then yeah. 10 billion and whatever else. But why? 
what's the point? What's the actual point? Mm. And if you have a great cause, and that goes towards the whole Simon Sinek thing, the find the why, the just cause. If you have cause and the the money is more like a means to to achieve the cause or do better and whatever, no problem. But if all your point is make more money for yourself, just sounds so yucky. Yeah, I think we have a twisted relationship with money and you're absolutely right. Money is a wonderful tool to create something or to measure output or measure impact. But on its own, it uh, mm. maybe creates more destruction or destructive energy than positive yeah. positive energy. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt. I think it was also Simon Sinek that brought the idea, not brought the idea, it was an example where, I don't remember anyway, but I turned it on back on myself. So the idea is this, very common, 99% of companies do it where their goals and uh, how they achieve, if they achieve those goals are measured in money. Okay, our goal for this year is to make a million dollars or $10 million or whatever it is. And then on a quarterly basis, did we hit whatever the financial goal? It doesn't make sense. If you have an actual goal, a cause, you should measure everything in cause. So for us, like for again, for example, for yeah. us is to we have actual number of hours we want to give back to our teammates. We don't measure in, in in money. Our measurement is we want to give, and I forgot the actual number, but it's 10,000 hours or something like that in this year. That's our goal. And then on our monthly and quarterly meetings, we do check against that. Are we hitting those goals? And then yeah. with the clients or like going forward with the new sub-brand, it's going to be that way. Are we... How are we measuring what is our impact? And I don't know yet how we're going to measure that. But I don't know, let's say, I don't know, whatever, carbon pollution, right? So there's a company that I'm sure they say their cause is mm-hmm. to remove as much carbon out of the atmosphere. Then why are you measuring in money? You're, you should be measuring in tons or millions of tons or whatever of carbon removed. And that should be your goal. And that's how you should check against it. Money is just the outcome it's not the goal and if you do great sure you will grow as a company as well which will in fact if you make more money it'll allow you to hire more better people to find hire or buy more whatever equipment and whatever else but all of that should result in extracting more co2 out of the atmosphere absolutely that's how you should think about it and i implore everybody who's listening and watching think about your business that way what is your actual goal? Nothing wrong with money, but what is the actual goal? Because we're all gonna die, unfortunately. Yeah. And if you think about it, think about historically. Is there anybody actually famous, any kind of historical figure that is known for making the most money? Not one. Yeah. Yeah. They're all known. They're always known for something, not yeah. money. Sure. I don't know about the reality of it, but let's say King Solomon from the Bible. Yeah, he supposedly he was like the richest person in the world at the time, uh-huh. like way more rich than anybody else ever type of stuff. But he's not yeah. known for that. He's known for his wisdom. Yes. Right? The whole parable about the splitting the kid. Or think about, I don't know, Napoleon. I'm sure he was rich, 
but he's not known for that. He's known for his war efforts and whatever else and conquering and Alexander the Great and all that stuff. So yeah. not money. So yeah, just uh, I implore everybody to think about what's, yes. what's it? what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a wonderful question to ask yourself and also to make it real, right? To allow that to shape your business or to shape your goals as you're doing. And I think you're stumbling on something wonderful. Uh, and the same is true for big companies or companies which last for centuries, right? There's something else which drives them rather than just surviving in the marketplace. And then everything else is important. It's not that it's not important, but you put it in the right perspective. If you only focus on that, you, maybe you can survive for a few years or a de decade or so. But if you have to survive 100 plus years, there is an impact that you are making to the world that you are operating in, to the communities that you're operating in. And I think what you are discovering is, is going to certainly help you and serve you very well for the future. And, uh, and not just your customers, but certainly your employees, I think, will, will, will be luckier or will be thanking you for that. Yeah. That's and, the goal. That's the plan. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So normally I would cover a whole bunch of topics in the interview, but I love that we went deep into this one thing. And I think the way you answered is like you were thinking out loud. So for anybody who's listening, I think it would be a, such a wonderful gift to do the same thing for themselves individually. But if you are an entrepreneur, if you're listening and you are an entrepreneur, I think about like, why am I here? Why is this company? even here, required, or how will it make the world better? And what is it that money is measuring? Because money is just a tool to measure something. And those might be, as you said, right, philosophical, sometimes even difficult questions, because as a society, as a culture, we don't place emphasis on that. Uh, and But at the same time, these questions can be so rewarding. And these questions uh, like can become the glue, as you said, right, finding your why can become the glue which ties you together, your employees together, like the journey together, the tough times, the good times. And I think more than anything, it like it creates fun. It creates that, that joy now rather than the joy on hitting a milestone. That's so meaningful, so beautiful. Thank you, Dimitri, for that. And before My we end, <laughs> before we end, how can somebody reach out to you, find out more about you? Where are you on your own journey? All right. Yeah. So the company is Regex SEO, R-E-G-E-X SEO, stands for Regular Expressions SEO.com. But if you want to reach out to me, the best way is to go to LinkedIn or Twitter. I am at Digital Spaceman. The company was founded in Houston, NASA, mm -hmm. and the whole idea of marketing is to achieve new heights. So yeah, it made sense. Our branding is all about related to astronaut and space and rockets and all that stuff. Yeah, at Digital Spaceman on Twitter or LinkedIn. And yeah, hit me up. We'll talk there. Absolutely. Thank you. And I will make sure to include those links in the show notes. And just like you described with your marketing, I think you are doing something unique. So I would like to wish you all the best for keep doing that. Keep taking this journey forward. And I think everybody who listens to this will be quite curious about what happens to you and your organization in the next few years. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure talking philosophy and the future with you. And I wish you all the best too. And hopefully I got to maybe inspire or at least 
plant some interesting seeds in viewers and a few one in one viewer or listener. If that's if that happens, my job is done. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And it was a pleasure here as well. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction. Not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.